Hello, race fans. Welcome to another edition of the Weekly Overtake Podcast. This week, we're doing a race preview for MotoGP. Uh, they're in Spain again this week at the Circuit de Catalunya in Barcelona. Uh, this week, joining me, I have Taylor and Nash. So, triple threat this week. Today, we'll break down the race, uh, free practice qualifying, uh, leading you into tomorrow's action, and then we'll be back tomorrow uh, with you know some more information about what went down. So, uh, Taylor, go ahead and take it away. All right. Hey, Josh. What's up, Nash? Glad to have you here. We're going to get into what we've seen so far. So, I don't know. First thing that stands out to me, Patronus Yamaha, or really all the Yamahas this weekend, has really stepped up. They've got something figured out. Um, I mean, especially Morbidelli and, and Quattararo. I mean, they're easily posting fast laps, you know, one laps. And I think we've seen, you know, at least Quattro put together a string of 10 laps or so uh, that are really competitive. So I've been very impressed with him. Yeah, you saw Quattro had his arm pump surgery. Was it 10 days ago, they said? And he's riding with stitches and all kinds of nonsense. So it's impressive to see him at the top. Oh, yeah. Obviously it helped. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it's not that invasive. It can't be that invasive, but uh, yeah, it's it's clearly helping him a lot. Yeah, so I was doing some research on that arm pump surgery. Uh, it's not that invasive. Uh, looks like there's an incision that goes down through the forearm, but it's more like, I guess, a super invasive form of foam rolling. But it relieves all that pressure they have. Super common, obviously, in motocross. I think it's probably the most common, but also through any any riders or even. Uh, bodybuilders, strongmen, any anybody who's really you know working, just doing a lot of exercising and and dealing with that that capture your your vessels get clogged and the blood can't get released. And I wonder if because we said Quadrara like he got a second pole position of the season, he's been pretty decent all year long, but he's had struggles really finishing you know higher in that top ten. Only a top seven finish for him was his highest finish all year. And I wonder if or how long these issues have been bothering him with this arm pump, and he finally decided to get it, you know, taken care of. So maybe his race pace in the past, that might look different going forward. Uh, we'll find out more tomorrow, obviously. But I wonder if that's uh, any indication of maybe a good sign, you know, going forward. Yeah, you know, first year MotoGP, obviously on a way, way more powerful bike than Moto2. Um, you know, to me, it seems like he's probably taking a lot of risk. We saw his first crash of the of the of the whole season uh, to you know uh, in what was it FP FP three I think no you're right it was FP I wrote down FP three yeah yeah so obviously he's you know obviously he's skilled but he's riding the bike hard I mean there's just really no doubt about it um, but. I think it's it does show well that he can find that limit and not and not just immediately crash. I mean, I mean, heck, Morbidelli, same bike, has crashed quite a bit more than than Quattararo has this season. And you know, and speaking of that, he had a just a mean high side in in FP3 as well. You know, Morbidelli did, which uh, very impressive that he was able to not only get back on the bike for. Was, I don't know if he was in FP4, but at least in at least in Q1 he was there and and you know killing it. So 
Yeah, he immediately rode in FP4. He was stretchered off of FP3. That was crazy. Yeah. Came back and went to Q1 and actually advanced out of Q1 after that huge high side. Yeah. I know I was watching you know, that clip where it's like you're watching Rossi and just out of the corner of your eye, you just see this guy <laughs> flipping through the air like kind of took me by surprise. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, when I saw him go down, I was like, is he going to be able to qualify? It was my initial thought. I was like, oh, no, right? But he, yeah, not only did that, like you said, Nash, he was there in FP4 and then made it out of Q1. But I, now that we're getting to that point, I want to talk about two guys in one team specifically that didn't make it out of Q1 and a lot of talk about Ducati and the Promac team with Jack Miller and Bagnaya both not making it out of Q1 to me was a little bit of a surprise. The Yamaha as a whole was a surprise to me this week. But, uh, yeah, Nash, what did you see there with, with you know, them not making it out? Did that surprise you at all? Well, Miller had that crash at the beginning of Q1, so that really hurt his chances, period. And he made a good push towards the end, but he – what is it? I think he ended up getting third in the session. He was really close. Yeah. Um, Bagnaya was actually up there, too. Yeah, I, I think – Again, Miller is one of those guys who just rides the bike hard. And you could tell after that, after his little off at the beginning of Q1, that he was just, yeah, struggling. I mean, just fighting it. He was like sending it, you know, full stop. <clears throat> but yeah, ended up Bagnaya 13th, Miller 14th. So a 140.16 for Bagnaya, 140.27 for Miller. And then the times um, that made it through, yeah, they were right there. So they weren't that far off. What impressed me a little bit, too, was looking at top speed. So this isn't quite Mugello. Uh, it's a little lesser of that, but there's still a one-kilometer straight at this circuit, which does have some impact, you know, especially for, for those Ducatis. But they didn't post the top speed this weekend throughout uh, practice and qualifying. Do you guys want to take a stab at who had the top speed? Ooh, I don't know. Probably, pr- probably uh, uh, Honda. It was a Honda. It was Mark Marquez, three forty-five point six. But what makes what makes me think that that wasn't really the Honda? I think it was more of the slipstreaming because he was he was piggybacking on everybody throughout practice and throughout qualifying. Uh, how do you feel about that, Nash? Him him trying to get a toe all the time and working his way in there, trying to get every edge possible. So FP two was kind of that Marquez versus Ducati that we saw at Mugello, like all over again. Like they were kind of picking on each other back and forth. And then through, it seemed like every other session after that, Marquez was following Rossi, specifically Rossi. I don't know what he was picking out on him, but he followed several different riders all day. I don't know if that's his new tactic, because I know we had talked about before, he's not crashing as much anymore. So maybe this is something he's looking at, trying to see the other riders, what they're doing, instead of finding his limit. Yeah, it's got to be a mix of that just head game, you know, getting behind. Um and I mean, Rossi has won what fourteen times here, you know, in his career. So I mean, he, the obviously he knows Catalonia really well. Not that I don't think Mark doesn't, but uh, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be a head game, you know. I think I think there is obviously still in the background. There's this bad blood, and probably anything that Mark can do to get into Rossi's head, he just takes. You know, it takes a little bit of uh, joy in. Yeah, but. for yeah, he definitely does. I think he's, yeah, 
making his presence felt is one of those things. Um, you know, being behind him in practice and the qualifying, it kind of maybe throws that rider who's being followed off, just off their game a little bit, you know, potentially. And they always think of the messages coming across their their tank and saying, being followed by 9-3, being followed by 9-3, you know, and it's, it's just, I think it might just put a little bit of pressure on. So, but at least he's he's keeping it clean. He's not trying to race people in practice. So none of that's going on. So I think no harm, no foul on behalf of Mark Marquez. But looking at his teammate this week, Lorenzo ended up qualifying P10. This is a much stronger showing from him. We know there were some meetings uh, during the break between Magello and now in Japan where he went face-to-face, was meeting with some of those guys. Honda, I was reading some articles. They said they're not going to overhaul that bike as long as Marquez keeps winning. So Lorenzo is trying to add things that make it feel like more of the Ducati he's used to in the past. Um, do you think maybe we see some true progress out of him tomorrow during the race, or is this just a, a little bit of a flash in the pan? How do we feel about Lorenzo? Because he does have the experience, you know, and the ability to win here. So, yeah, I think, I think for sure we're going to see why well, I can't. Okay. I, I shouldn't say for sure, but the, the amount of excuses that he can use for the reasons why he's not getting results is just getting less and less and less. So, I mean, he's a big ergonomics guy. It's, it's obvious. I mean, he had, he did it with Ducati. He's doing it with this bike. Um, so, but he's, I don't know if you saw him like the, you know, in the like pre-race or like the, the press conference, he was getting asked about the winglets on his bike or on, on his tank or getting asked about it. And he was just, yeah, not talking about it. Like, nope, move on. So maybe, you know, maybe it's got some other advantage that they figured out that uh, it goes beyond just being able to hang on to the tank more. I don't know. I mean, we'll see, but. Yeah, it was tank. So that was one adjustment and then brakes as well. So he likes to get on the brakes heavy early and then I guess just release them quickly and roll into the corner as opposed to like, I don't know, him and Mark have different styles when it comes to how they attack the corners and what they like to do. And yeah, Lorenzo's asking for any little tweak that he can get on those bikes or on his bike uh, to help him just improve. But if he finishes where he qualified tomorrow, 10th, that'll be his best finish of the season, which is crazy to say. So he has two 13s, two 12s and 11th in a retirement this year. So if he just finishes 10th tomorrow, that'll be his best finish of the year. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Nash t- talk about that. Uh, Cause obviously you're, you're a motorcycle rider. So talk about that difference in, in trail breaking between, like those two styles of like Mark getting all, you know, trail break really, really deep into the corner, you know, holding on to that break versus it sounds like Jorge is like, wants to get all his breaking done upright as possible. Uh, Crutchlow and Marquez are both very deep breakers. They're overloading that front tire a lot. And that's why they've had grip issues with that front tire. And Lorenzo has always been known as that smooth rider. He's, you know, He's not super aggressive with any one movement. He's just very fluent with everything he does. And that's vast differences. And like you said, Honda said they're not going to change the bike because nobody's also got excuses. Look at what Marquez is doing. He's, he's dominating everything. I don't know if you saw the uh, little clash between Marquez and Lorenzo also in the FP3. Yeah. Yeah, was that Lorenzo getting on the race line or something and – Going slow. That happened, but Marquez was not happy, and you don't really see him out like very often do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I understand, it seems like that bike 
lacks this front end feel that, that Marquez has seemed to be able to overcome, find his way through it. You know, I mean, uh, what, how many, I mean, how I mean, gosh, how many people did we see crash in turn five, you know, that downhill off camber left turn, uh, which, you know, require, I mean, if you've got, if you are that much more connected to that front tire and you know what it's doing at all times, which it seems like Mark, obviously he knows how to do that. Uh, then you can make those saves. You can ride that, ride that Honda the way it is. Um, and it probably seems, and it, and it seems like Lorenzo and definitely Cal both struggle with that, but Honda really hasn't been willing to change it for them. I mean, until, you know, maybe until now, it seems like, you know, they flew, they flew Lorenzo out to Japan, changed up the braking thing. And I think it's all about that front, that front feel. I mean, that's, which is so important on a motorcycle. It's like, if you don't have that confidence, what the front tire is doing, you can't really set those lap times, especially as the tire degrades over the race. And he also with the talent of Marquez, like you said, with the saves, he had a couple, again, standard ops for Marquez, it seems like. We had a couple of good ones this weekend already. Yeah. Yeah, he's on a, he is on a different level with that. I was just about to say something, and I hit refresh on my browser, and I'm at motorsport.com, so credit to them for this article. It just hit six minutes ago. Here's the headline. Breaking news, first time ever on this show. Vignal is demoted from front row for impeding Quattararo. So at the end of that qualifying session, we saw some hands in the air looking back initially thought he was talking mm-hmm. to Petrucci. Petrucci went on by and then he was talking to Quattararo and I think Quattararo was upset. Vinales was apologizing. Um, so now it's Vinales was found guilty of quote, riding in an irresponsible manner, appearing to impede Quattararo in the dying seconds of Q2, which cost the Patronus Yamaha rider a chance to post an improvement after the checkered flag. So I already, I take issue with this right away. He already had that pole locked up. That he was setting consistent laps, but that last one that he was on, that last flying lap, I think he was, you know, maybe like three hundredths off his pace. So he was doing a, another great lap, and he was impeded, but nothing changed. Doesn't change the end result. So, but yeah, it looks like Vinales drops him to six on the grid as he joins factory Yamaha teammate Valentino Rossi and Ducati's Andrea Davizioso on the second row. So, yeah, three place grid penalty for Vinales. Um, I was going to say he's, for me, he's one of the guys to watch tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, what do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, what it does is put, <laughs> puts two, two Patronas Yamahas on the front row, which is, which is pretty crazy. Again, just kind of go back to how impressive that effort is, you know, for a, for a first year team, you got, you know, one rookie, Morbidelli has been riding, you know, been, he was on the, uh, Satellite Honda, old Estrella Galicia. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, but before they shut their MotoGP effort down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but still, I mean, kudos. It might be a little steep, though, honestly, for that penalty. I don't know. Because like you said, he impeded him, but he already had the pole, and it was actually at the very end of the session. Like, there wasn't a chance for anybody to beat him either. Yeah, all the flying laps, it, at least from my eyes, remembering back to the incident, everything was clocked in pretty much. There wasn't a lot that was going to change on that last lap. Anybody that was close enough to be in contention with him, they were already done. So, I mean, you talk about Morbidelli, Taylor. I think for me, he's been the more consistent rider, but Quattro has been fastest. You know, throughout qualifying, he's just shown that that outright pace. But Morbidelli has been 
more more consistent, a little higher finishes. Um, but Nash, how do you feel about tomorrow? The Petronas Yamaha team actually putting in a full race because we've seen that they're fast. We've seen what they can do, but they're always at you know fifth to ten range for the most part. When it comes down to the end of the race, uh, the commentators talk about struggles with the Yamaha on a full fuel tank in those early laps. And we know how important it is to get out in front early and and push that pace and build yourself a gap so that you're comfortable and that bike can be in open air. Uh, how, what do you think of, of their chances of actually one of them finishing on the podium tomorrow? I like Quattro up front coming. I mean, his uh, arm pump surgery was to help him at the end of the race. That's something he complained about at the end of Magello. The only thing I could hinder him is maybe the heat because we know how Yamahas don't seem to do well when it gets really, really hot. Yep. Yep. There was another thing too about, I don't know if, did you catch that Yamaha is the only bike on the grid, not using carbon fiber in either their mainframe or their swing arm and how that could play into this kind of lack of grip because they don't have this, they don't have this flex, um, and the entire life too. Cause it's all seems, it's, I mean, it seems like it's all this about, uh, you know, acceleration with them. They can set a, can set a, fast lap on a on a new tire you know and qualifying obviously we're seeing that but it's just like race pace you know managing the tire over race distance they seem to lack so i don't know that's that's interesting too i think basically that quattro is what he's lacking right now is emotional control you know he's new he's a rookie he's getting excited and so if he can, if he can kind of manage those and kind of have, use his brain more instead of just his fucking pure balls to, you know, make the bike go fast, then I think he's got a chance. But Yeah, and good point, Nash. You're talking about fatigue, and we brought that up earlier. You mentioned it again, but I think we'll see if that arm pump paid out, paid dividends, excuse me, because, yeah, like you're saying, fast laps, qualifying, sure, you're not really going to get that worn out. You got a lot of breaks in between. You do different runs, but yeah, race, race distance, uh, 40 minutes later, we'll see how he feels, uh, tomorrow on the bike. So also another piece of news, lots of talks about is Miller going to go to Ducati and another headline just popped in saying Ducati's going to offer Petrucci a new MotoGP deal for 2020. So this year he's on a one-year contract. Uh, Jack Miller maybe thought he had a shot, but after that, that amazing Magello victory, uh, for Danilo, they're going to decide to lock it up. The team principal saying that. Uh, it's, it's we'd want to keep things as they are currently. So, and another thing for Jack Miller is uh, talks about next year. His contract does not have him on the GP20, and he said he will not race on the Primac team if he does not get a new GP20. He will not ride on the GP19. Does not want to be on last year's bike. Um, so, maybe thoughts on that? Right choice for Ducati. Um, what, what do you expect to see from Miller in the future, um, Taylor? What do you think? I think it's the right choice. I mean, no, I think I don't, I'm not really sure where Miller would go. I mean, I don't, you know, to say he's not, he wouldn't race on a 19 bike is a little strong, but you know, cause he's not on it. I mean, that's kind of the way the satellite deal is going. Right. I mean, they're, they're on a lower spec bike, so I'm not sure why he would get, I don't know. I think that guy is on an 18 this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so it's part of it. Yeah, is that Bagnaia was offered the twenty for next year already, and that was the saltiness of where Miller was coming from. Mm. From Yeah, because he's already on the old bike with Bagnaia. Miller's got the nineteen. 
but it sounds like go ahead Nash. Now this is what I understand. Like the new guy got offered this the new bike. And so he's like, Well, I've been here, I've put my time in. Why can't I get the new bike as well? Yeah, yeah. so work work to do for Ducati. Uh hopefully they can roll out four GP twenties, right? It shouldn't be that hard. I mean, they got the resources to do it. It's all about money and contracts and, and how that shakes out. But I mean, I want Miller and MotoGP. To me, he's also he's just exciting. You know, he's he's a little bit of a a wild card. He 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 acts like a wild card rider every week. I guess going out there trying to prove it all to everybody, you know, and that's that's fun. And he will put it together, uh, you know, uh, for a few races this year, no doubt. Um, he's already sniffed the podium a couple times this year. Well, he's on the podium at Coda, but Mark fell out there. So, look, but looking at the lead, you know, Argentina fourth place at Le Mans, fourth place, and Coda podium in third. And the other three were retirements. So he's either right there on the cusp of the podium or he's not finishing the race at all. So that to me makes him one of the most exciting guys on track. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I think he should just keep doing what he's doing. I mean, you know, I personally, I don't ever really think that he was really in contention for that factory seat. I think what they should do is just have kept that Lamborghini livery, you know, that was uh that was way better looking than the the blue white the you know the red white and blue Pramac that they got but yeah I agree especially when watching the race because you could just pick them out the only yellow bike on the track you know so during last week's race at Magello when it was just a you know train cars one behind another that whole lineup it was easy to pick out who was who you know instantly you know the orange Honda red Ducati yellow Pramac team so and it looked sweet I thought the Lamborghini livery was pretty cool. Oh yeah. So who do we got for tomorrow? Let's uh I, I think my guy to watch is still Vinales. That's gonna be my pick. So if you guys have a rider to watch or someone you think may surprise you, I think I think Vinales looked real good in practice, looked real good in qualifying. He seems comfortable this weekend. When he's done that before in the past, he's put together a good race. So I think I'm confident for him to be knocking on the door at the podium, if not landing himself on the podium tomorrow. What do you guys you guys pick one? Go ahead, Taylor. I think I think Renz is going to be up there. I mean, you know, we saw how close he was at Mugello. We we really didn't even talk about him in in you know since or yet. But I mean, this guy is doing amazing things on the Suzuki. Uh, so I think he's going to be there. It's just going to be you know it's just going to be a matter of probably who can just manage the tire. I mean, the surface seems to be lacking grip. A lot of spinning up, um, and I think the Suzuki does that well. They have really good uh, tire life management on that bike. So, yeah, my I'm going Rins. Kind of stole my thunder on that one. I think I was going to say the same thing. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was a uh, he hasn't made a Q two a few different races this year and still did some damage with where he finished. So starting in eighth place. He's got some good pace to keep up there and see what he can do from following the fast guys at the front or being one of those fast guys from the front of the race. I'll have to go with Quartararo on that one, I guess, then, since Taylor's got Rins. So Quartararo going to hold it together for 40 minutes and literally hold it together, arm pump free, and uh, put in a good result, hopefully land himself at least on the podium tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, you made a good point there with Suzuki because they have had struggles all season getting through Q1 into Q2. It seems like they fixed that this weekend, but then 
Murphy came around and Rins had that that wreck. He was on a great lap. I think he was like three hundreds up, probably, you know, in the second sector. And then he went down and he was furious. And that that could have changed everything. I mean, he's starting P eight. He probably should have been somewhere in the front row or at least on the second row, I believe, had that lap panned out. So yeah, that's a good good call with Rins. So Yeah. And you know, I starting position isn't everything. I mean, gosh, we see what is it, Dobby uh first corner at Magella last or two weeks ago went from ninth to third by the first corner. I mean, it's just and obviously he you know they they've got this whole shot device which is kind of uh seems to be working pretty well for him. But I don't put I mean it's it's a it's great to see guys put in fast laps and get up there for qualifying, but I don't put a whole lot of stock into like well, if you're not on the front row then you ain't you you ain't shit. But it's like we see that we see that all the time. Guys, guys shoot up into the first corner, but yeah, there's a lot. I mean, that's the great thing about MotoGP, man. There's everywhere from the rookies to Rossi. You, you, you really, it's hard to count anybody out, you know. So, makes for really exciting racing. Yeah, I think Rossi. You just mentioned him. Um, he's going to have a really good race tomorrow. I just have a feeling, especially after last week's tragedy in Mugello. That's a week that he, I'm sure, wants to forget and is ready to put in a good result. He looked really fast throughout practice and, and qualifying was doing really well as well. So, um, yeah, as that Yamaha gets lighter towards the end of the race, this guy's got tons of experience. He's going to be, he'll be right there. I think this might be a more traditional race for Rossi where we see him hanging out with the front pack but not really pushing until about five laps to go. I mean, hopefully he can turn it on. There's enough left in the tank. But I think he's, he's ready to put in a good performance and get past uh, that tragedy at Magello last week. That was his worst weekend he's ever had in his career at Magello. So. No doubt. Well, any final, final thoughts or words from anyone? No, no I mean, excited to see what's going to happen. You know, obviously, final thought. I don't know how many years in a row has the Magello winner, Magello winner also won Catalonia. Three times? Three, three years in a row. Yeah. So you know, Petrucci. I mean, he could be he could be primed for another win, which would be which would be amazing. So, yeah, especially like you were saying with that whole shot device, um, they're back there in the third row, but that doesn't mean anything because those those guys will be flying off the line tomorrow. So, cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, we'll we'll be talking to you again tomorrow in about twenty four hours time uh, for the result of this race. So, I'm sure it's going to be exciting and. Yeah, can't wait.